This episode is brought to you by the Flintlock fantasy series, The Woven Ring, with book three, The Glass Dagger, out this December 12th. Check out what fantasy book critic gives five stars and says combines the edgy characters of Mark Lawrence and the world-building skill of Brandon Sanderson, and what fantasy book review calls one of the best reads of the year. Spy, traitor, soldier, savior. Trained since childhood to hone her unnatural abilities to become the perfect spy for the East, Marta Childress instead fought for the West in the Civil War that tore the nation of Newfield in two. But by her bloody hand, a tentative peace was forged. But war will rage again if Marta cannot deliver the catatonic daughter of a renegade inventor deep into the enemy territory that was her former homeland. Will she assassinate the father to ensure the fragile peace, or show him mercy and let the nation burn? Pick up your copy on Amazon on Kindle ebook or paperback today. The Woven Ring by M.D. Presley. This is author Raymond V. Feist. Hi, this is R. Scott Baker. This is Anthony Ryan. The Grim Tidings Podcast welcomes Delilah S. Dawson to the show. Delilah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is literary agent Mark Gottlieb from Trident Media Group. This is David Anthony Durham. Hi, this is Melanie Metters. Hi, this is Brian Stavely. Hello, this is Jesse Bullington slash Alex Marshall. Hi, this is Jeff Salyards. Hi, this is Michael R. Fletcher. The Grim Tidings Podcast proudly welcomes Steven Erickson to the show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward Welcome to the Grim Tidings Podcast. I'm Philip Overby, and today uh, is a special edition of The Writer's Pit. We have with us the winner of the first ever Grimdark Story Battle Royale featured on our Facebook group, Grimdark Fiction Readers and Writers. His story from Parts Unknown pulled off the victory after facing off with some stiff competition. Uh, calling in from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the Grim Tidings Podcast welcomes James down to the show. James, thanks for joining me today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, first off, uh, just thanks for coming on the show, and you're the first winner ever of our Grimdark Story Battle Royale. I like to say Royale like that. Ro- <laughs> um, Royale with cheese? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Extra yeah. cheese, yeah. <laughs> so... um for people who may not be aware of you, can you give us a short introduction and just tell us your path to becoming a writer? Sure, sure. Um, well, first, first, uh, definitely thank you for having me on. I'm very excited, uh, a little bit nervous. I'm an author of, um, we've got a, I've got a bunch of short stories and a novella, and they're all under uh, something I call The Legacy of Ash. And that's in conjunction, I'm, I'm a co-creator with a friend of mine. We both uh, created this world together and we both write stories in it separately, but in the same world. It started when we were, uh, we were both working at a bookstore here called Indigo. Ash is his name. We were both uh, working at the bookstore and he ended up uncovering a lot of his old D&D books. And he said to me one day, he's like, hey, I I got all these old books. You used to play. Do you want to play? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we just got together and it had been years since I had done any role playing. And, uh, And the same for him. 
and we started we played we played um if you know planescape yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah we played that for for quite a bit um we both wanted to be writers we were both writing our own our own stuff and we said you know we're we're, we're really creative and we were both big fans of both uh, thieves world mm. and uh and malazan oh, and okay. we're like you know what Ericsson and Esselmont did this. Let's let's try let's try it and see what happens. So we uh, we sat down and we created this world with the intention first of of role playing the hell out of it to figure everything out to get all the aspects to get some history down and then after a bit of that we took that world and we started uh, writing in it. Oh, that's cool. Actually, when you said you you paired up with somebody, the first people that came to mind was Ericsson and Esselmont because <laughs> uh, they're you know the biggest kind of co-creator in a yeah. same world uh, we have out there in the fantasy yeah. realm. How do you feel writing in a shared world? Is there ever times where you want to go a certain direction, but maybe your partner doesn't want to go in that direction or you have um, discussions like that? We do have discussions like that. Everything we write is, is separate. Like it, it's, it's up to this point. It's never been, we haven't written the same story together. Essentially, we, we've broken our world into a, a few different continents. He's got one and I've got another. And we have, we have crossover with races and, and religions. And you get explorers and sailors, merchants from, from one place going to the other. And I guess in that, there's, there's been sometimes he's read some of my works in progress. And, and he'll, he'll be like, I'll, I'll mention stained glass. And he's, he's going to laugh when he hears this because... <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> I always bring this up when I when I tell people, I mentioned stained glass, and he comes back and he's like, "I don't think stained glass would be invented yet." <laughs> like, oh, oh, damn it! Okay, I gotta I gotta change that. <laughs> so there's there's some things like that with like consistency of the different um, levels of technology in mm. the world that are kind of hard to work out, but we get through it. Okay, cool. So actually, your story that won is that based in the Legacy of Ash world? It isn't, and I and I think speaking of, of levels of technology, I, I I think just from the feel that that story had, it is a little bit more it, it, the level of tech, the level of um of of maybe science and medicine is a little bit more in parts in from parts unknown than it is in my in the legacy of Ash. Okay, so let's talk about that story a little bit. Uh, from parts unknown, it was uh, a new concept that that I worked out about having. A story competition, but doing it a little bit differently where uh, each round two stories are pitted against each other and then the winner with the most votes goes to the next round. And yeah. you battled through the ranks and you were the victor. So, Ooh, yeah. How did that feel when uh, you seemed pretty excited about it <laughs> online afterwards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, when I saw that happen, I saw, I saw from Parts Unknown kind of going through the the levels and winning and i'm like oh i just i i would just i was just going to be happy if i got through the first round but but it's still going so i i got a little anxious a little nervous as that happened and i i kind of told myself it's it's not going to happen and i was looking at at the other stories is it cool if i uh, i'm going to mention some of the other stories oh yeah sure yeah yeah well it was it was uh i think it's dead flowers death broker and the, the curing tree the one the one that that made it up to me at the end yeah and I, I was looking at those other three and i was like there's no way i'm winning those those are all fantastic and uh and it just kept happening and and that was uh it was a really good feeling to to see that happening yeah it's kind of like the way i wanted the competition to feel is like a group 
choice. So it's not not like a group of judges so much. That's why I wanted people to give feedback about how you yeah. want to, wanted it judged. So it's kind of like a reader's choice or group choice award in a way. So I was hoping it would feel a little more special because of that. So I'm glad that ah. came across. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a, I think it definitely did. It's a it's a great idea and a chance for writers of all different levels just to try their hand at something and and throw it out there and see if it clicks with people. Yeah, I can I can say for certain that after I read your story, um, it gave me some feeling like, uh, wow, this. This went this went to some really dark places here. So, for people curious about the story, could you give us a little snippet of what it's about? Sure. It's um set in the land of Sonesh and two main characters, Lysim and Gate, and they're both guard. They're both uh, soldiers for the Soneshi, and they're tasked with uh, with a, they've got to go they've got to go to the section of the river that is clogged with bodies. There's a war to the north where thousands of people died. Big, huge casualties, but it, the story isn't about, about that war. The bodies flow downriver um, after everyone was wiped out or wiped each other out, and they, they just pile up in this area of the river where there's tons of rocks. And that river is also the main source of life for the Soneshi. So they know enough that uh, the bodies have to be pulled out of the water or bad things are going to happen. So the two main characters, Lysim and Gate, have to go up and help clear the river of bodies. So it starts with them just with long hooks over the river, hoisting out these, these bodies in various states of decay. And, um, and after about three days, this is where the story starts, after about three days, they realize that they're hoisting out the same bodies. But when they pull out one that they pulled out yesterday, this one now doesn't have an arm. And they're like, oh, maybe it just looks the same. I don't know. Uh, they realize that somebody at night has been taking the bodies and and taking limbs, taking whole bodies, and uh, and they go off to investigate and find out just who is uh, collecting their corpses and what they're doing with them. Yeah, and then it ends up being pretty terrible what they're <laughs> what they're doing, with them. but in a good way, in a good terrible way. Yeah, uh, good, I, I like um, good gut wrenching like, way. <laughs> I like necromancers. I like dark sorcery and magic and what somebody with with these dark powers and either no morals or uh from from the necromancers uh position um a good thing to do with bodies and I just wanted to explore that a little bit. Yeah, it's like uh having a good uh recycle reuse what, what is the thing <laughs> recycle reuse <laughs> repurpose Re or something. Yeah. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, That's reduce, it. reuse, recycle. There we go. Well, they definitely <laughs> did that. Uh, that happened for sure. It was. Uh, I was going to say it was. It was in this environment, like in the grimdark uh, world. It's a nice playground just to sit and say, "What's what's going to be really dark?" And, and maybe a little bit of body horror, but but also just the psychological, and and how can you get in somebody's in a really dark frame of mind and not and not really horrify your readers because these, these people are expecting to be horrified a little bit. Mm. Yeah. I, I think was, I was going to say, uh, it, it has some definite horror vibes, especially towards the end. Um, yeah. how often do you like to include aspects of other genres in, in fantasy writing? For example, grimdark, it's kind of oh, like wow. the, kind of like the cousin of horror in a way, I think. Yeah. Uh, how do you use other genres in your writing sometimes? Oh, wow. Um, that's a really good question. 
It's interesting. One of my short stories in The Legacy of Ash, it's called Redfall. And that, I had just read that Joe Abercrombie book. Um, oh, God. Uh, not Heroes. The one that had a, a really Western feel. Uh, Red Country? Red Country. Yeah. So I had just finished that. And uh, and, and I was like, that's, that's neat. That's neat to put the Western idea in it. So I tried that with a short story of my own. Mm. And uh, it's got a similar title. It's called Red Fall. So in that, I do like to put in other other genres, other flavors. Mm. Grimdark itself uh, has deep connections with sci-fi too, right? With Warhammer. Yeah. A lot of the fantasy I like to read does have horror elements. Mm. I, I, I think I think maybe a lot of a lot of fantasy does, whether we we really know it or not. Yeah, I think uh, there's a fair share of fantasy that I read as a kid that probably even had horror elements in it. Um, yeah. Some of the Dragonlance stuff has uh, like Death Knights and stuff like that. It's pretty horrific if you really think about it. Like one, for instance, was Lord Soth who could point at people and kill them just by pointing <laughs> That's at right. them. Which I always thought was terrifying. Somebody that could just point at you and kill you is yeah pretty horrifying. But you don't. I guess as a kid, you don't think of it so much as horror because it's in that kind of dragon Dragonlance fantasy high fantasy world, right? When we think of horror, we think more of modern-day stuff, right? You think of, yeah. of Stephen King or, or something like that. So, needless to say, I really enjoy the story. So, I was curious if you have any plans to write any other stories in this world, since you said this is not part of your main Legacy huh. of Ash world. At the moment, at the moment, no, I haven't, uh, I haven't given that much thought. But it's definitely it's definitely not out of the question. We briefly talked about for the interview uh, that you're you have something going for NaNoWriMo, which for people <laughs> yes. who don't know is National Novel Writing Month. This is the third year I've attempted it, and I, I from a from a word count standpoint, the last two years I've nailed it. The first year I wrote a manuscript for a book set in the Legacy of Ash, and it ended up working out fantastically. Uh, this is something that. I wrote just over maybe 60,000 words that, that month, and then I didn't look at it for a bit, and uh, I actually gave it to, to Ash first so he could, he could read the, uh, the really rough draft. And then I spent about a year working through edits, revising, lengthening, expanding on things, and that's actually uh, a manuscript that I'm currently sending out to agents to try to get, uh, to get traditionally published. The second year I did it, I, I tried to switch it up a whole lot speaking of different genres, and, and I tried to do a, a YA book. And mm-hmm. I got the word count, but at about, I don't know, three weeks in, like, like you, I've got one week left in this thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm about at that 50,000 words, and it just, I just realized it wasn't going anywhere. And uh, it all kind of fell apart, and I, I've put that on the shelf. I put that on the back burner. This year, I'm trying to do another Legacy of Ash one. I'm a little bit behind the word count, but I've got everything planned. I've got most of the plot laid out. I'll see if the characters want to do what I tell them to do. <laughs> and it seems to be going all right, though I am a little bit behind. Do you consider yourself a pantser or a plotter or a gar- gardener or weeder or whatever the fuck they yeah. call? There's all sorts <laughs> of different names. There's there's one. What's the one in between? A plant. Uh, yeah, plant, I think it's gardener. Plantster. Uh, Plantster. <laughs> Sounds like a <laughs> shitty Napster ripoff or something. <laughs> Where people share their their seeds and and <laughs> gardening tips. Yeah. Um, 
I, I guess I am more of a planner. Okay. Um, but I do like to leave room for things to happen in the in the middle of of writing. You just if something dawns in you that oh, this character is, would not do that. Uh, maybe at the beginning you thought the character was going to have a, a certain personality, and then halfway through you realize, no, they're they're way more wild. They're way more uncontrollable than that. So they're gonna they're gonna react differently in this situation. I, I think you've got to be open to uh, to that and and to change it on the fly when you when the story and and the characters need you to. Yeah, I guess I would be more of a like slash and burn <laughs> person. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm constantly working through stories and basically writing a bunch of shit, and then I'll just okay, that sucked, and then I'll slash it and burn it, and then. <laughs> And then just, I have little pieces of crap everywhere that I recycle and try to use again. Oh, that's that's awesome. I have um I have read uh, a few of your uh, of your splatter elf stories, and I think anytime you give a goblin a chainsaw, it's <laughs> it's uh, slash and burn everywhere. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, I always wanted to do that. I guess put a chainsaw on a fantasy story. So that was my <laughs> excuse. Again, mi- mixing genres, right here. Yeah. For people who are interested in your work and would like to check out some of the Legacy of Ash titles or anything else you got out there, uh, what are some titles they can pick up and where can they pick them up? Yeah, right on. There's, I've got three short stories. The first was called Soldier Kraken Bard, and uh, the second was Redfall. And then uh, and then I did a third one a little bit after that called The Sullen Feather. And um, they're all available on Amazon. And Soldier Kraken Bard and Sullen Feather are both on Kobo as well. In addition to that, there's a novella, which is pre- it, it is the, the grim darkest. <laughs> is that the way you say it? The yeah, sure. The grim. Yeah. Or, I wouldn't say most. <laughs> well, most grim dark. No, grim darkest. Grim darkest. <laughs> Let's go with that. I've got a novella called Grim Drifts of Sand and Fate, and that one is mm. is definitely the grimmest, and that's available as well on Amazon. Okay. And then, are there any any upcoming releases you'd like to talk about? That maybe some dates people could watch out for if they're looking for something from you. Well, I'm I'm considering putting out. And and this is this is something I'd be thinking about probably in the spring is is maybe maybe putting all these shorts together in a collective in, mm. in an anthology um, with a couple other ones that I've that I've got that I haven't released yet and I'm I'm thinking about doing that sometime in the spring. The other thing I, I did want to mention I I have a couple short stories as well in some anthologies mm. uh, and these were put out by by um, a place called Undaunted Publishing and those two anthologies one's called Lone Wolf which was quite cool. And that, that has a couple other um, authors. I think a couple that you've actually maybe interviewed. It's got Ben Galley and like Tamandra Whitecastle. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people on that. And, and that's a really fantastic anthology, Lone Wolf. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I saw some stuff about that that popped up. So yeah, uh, that would be a good one to pick up if you're into, I'm assuming, Lone Wolf characters. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That was, the theme was was the the lone wolf and and all these different authors takes on on what that means what that could mean and and it goes in a lot of different directions okay and yeah. then uh if people want to find you online are there are there all sorts of different places to find you absolutely we're on facebook at legacy of ash books i'm on twitter at legacy of ash uh, underscores instead of spaces we've got a blog 
legacyofash.wordpress.com. And, uh, and I'm, I'm on Amazon. You can check out my profile, uh, amazon.com slash author slash James Down. Okay, great. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the Twitter myself. No, nope. I haven't been convinced to get <laughs> get on that. Uh, I always ask people, "What is it you like about Twitter?" Because I haven't figured out uh, <laughs> what to grab onto on Twitter. So, what I'll, I'll ask you: What do you like about Twitter? And maybe you can convert me to the cult of Twitter, oh, as I call it. Oh, that's a, that seems like a big task. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I can't. I can't figure it out why why I like that more than something else. It it does seem like less of a conversation platform than than something like Facebook. Yeah. But I do like that I, I found so many different authors at various levels. Some people at my level, some people a little bit above, some people a lot above. And for some for some reason I like I like that I can see a tweet from somebody and I'm pretty sure it's just coming directly from them doing regular stuff. And just kind of tweeting off the cuff, oh. where Facebook seems, I don't know, a little more, I don't want to say structured, but uh, mm. a little bit more like like you're in a group, you're in a, on a pay. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't really explain it. Hmm. Yeah, I like I, I do like the idea of tweet and delete, though. I like that, <laughs> that, uh, that saying or where people, where, where people say something really fucking stupid and then they're like, ah, oh, shit, I got to delete that. <laughs> but it's too late. You've been screen capped. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely not a good thing. And the, the editing, I want to edit a tweet. If I have a typo in a tweet, mm. uh, but no, you got to either live with it or, or delete it. Slash and burn. Slash and burn. <laughs> So uh, that concludes our interview with James Down. So I want to say thank you very much for chatting with me today, and I hope you're working on something for the current Grim Dark Absolutely. Story Battle Royale too. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where we'll see where that goes. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to see all the all the great stories that come out of that. Well, thanks again, and uh, especially I want to wish you good luck in your future writing. I know you'll you sh- I think you'll be a person to look out for in the future. That's my Philip overby stamp of approval ah man i love it thanks so if you want to find us the grim tidings podcast online you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash the grim tidings podcast and my favorite place twitter at grim dark fiction and our website the grim tidings podcast.com we also have our beautiful patreon page patreon.com slash the grim tidings podcast so if you're interested in any of those places go for it Thanks for listening, and as always, stay grim, stay dark, stay true. Bye-bye. Heavy metal music. You can find us online at facebook.com slash thegrimtidingspodcast or on Twitter at GrimDarkFiction. Download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, and if you like this show, please share it and leave a review. And be sure to drop by our Facebook group, Grim Dark Fiction Readers and Writers, for daily updates on all things Grimdark. On behalf of co-host Philip Overby and myself, Rob Matheny, thanks for listening to this episode of the Grim Tidings Podcast. We'll see you next time. If you love the authors you've heard on the Grim Tidings podcast, then you'll love Grim Dark Magazine. 
interviews, articles, reviews, and the premiere magazine for Grimdark Fiction by authors such as Mark Lawrence, R. Scott Baker, Deborah Wolf, and more. Get knee-deep in grit. Log on to GrimDarkMagazine.com.